Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, 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 one and all to episode 10 of Rise Up. It is so good to be here with all of you this morning. Um, I do want to, if I could, real quick, I uh, I do want to say there's some people that are saying that they don't have even um, volume on Rumble. I would put your cursor or if you're on your mobile, I would like touch your screen and see if your volume, the little volume icon is actually on. Sometimes that's off and that's why you don't have sound. Everybody, thank you so very much for being here. What a great morning it is to rise up here in New Hampshire and across the world. We have the blessing of life. We have the blessing of sight and smell and hearing, and we have the blessing of speech, and we have the blessing of fellowship, whether it's digital or in person. The main message is that we are getting out the good news. Now, Larry says he's not getting anything in his feed. I would refresh Larry and try to come back. I'm not understanding why so many people are having so many issues, uh, but it's not on Rumble's end, uh, because so many people are watching, it would have to be locally on your end. I wish I could be there to actually help out. Thank you very much, Rosebud. God bless you. Thank you, Jess. God bless you. I'm glad you can uh, hear the video okay. We have Heart MJ here. We have Kong in the building. How are you? Tammy S7 is here this morning. Mocha powered in the building, as always. Need some coffee. Well, I hope you got your Rise Up coffee, because we got ours right here. And we are sipping on some good gourmet coffee this morning, folks. Uh, El Dooley is in the building. How you doing? Ray, we're going to uh, get that help out to you today. Will Skip, good to see you. Thank you very much. I have noticed on my TV, not my computers, nothing seems to help. It started yesterday. Sorry to hear about that, brother. I really am. Download the app. That might be the best choice for you when you're having computer problems. Download the LFA TV app on your phone. Finally got it, said Larry. Well, that's good, brother. I'm glad you're here. Appreciate it. Amanda Collins is in the building. How you doing, Amanda? Good to see you. And one more here, Sherry82. I can see and hear fine. Well, that's great. I'm so very happy to be here with you guys today on this beautiful Thursday, December 15th, year of our Lord, 2022. And I've got a very special guest coming on today, my pastor of our church, Dave Golden, Pastor Dave Golden, will be here. I titled today's show the same title that I gave my morning newsletter to all corners of the world, to all corners of the world. That is we are where we are to spread the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. Your videos you put up on um, Roku have no volume, but I hear and see it's my birthday on Saturday. Weird, because I can pop up Roku right now and watch them, so I'm not sure why some people locally are having that issue. Waiting for my Rise Up Coffee, says Annette. God bless you, Annette. Thank you very much. Again, we have uh, Pastor David Golden coming on today to talk about exactly what we can do to not only continue spreading the gospel to all corners of the world, but where that is imperative to make sure that we do that is within our youth. Our youth is being targeted by so much evil in the world right now. They're being targeted at schools, they're being targeted in society. They're being targeted in their community centers. They're, uh, they're being targeted online, on social media, everywhere they go, everywhere they walk, everywhere they run, everywhere they look, every, what, everything they hear is meant to target them. So our youth 
and our Christian schools and their Christian upbringing is more important now than it has been in recent decades. So I cannot wait to have him come on today. We're going to talk about all of that. But before we do, I want to go in prayer. Now, normally I'm not wearing my headphones for the Rise Up show, and I don't really need them. But today I'm going to have them on because I do need them to hear Pastor when he comes on. If I could just get you guys to all really quick, grab the link of this video. Okay, whether you're watching on your iPad or your laptop or your computer, uh, grab the link of this video, copy it, not only share it to your other social media platforms that you engage in, but also try to send it to some of your uh, text messages as well. Some people that you might talk to daily and maybe email out. That's another great way of getting the gospel out there as we're doing our best to spread uh, the gospel as much as possible. And also, reach down and click the like button, however it appears, on whatever device you're watching on, okay? Let's remove our hats right now, and let's go to the Lord in prayer for this show, this network, and the message, okay? Our Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you every morning as, an, as, as a congregation, as a fellowship of LFA uh, members, LFA family. We come to you every day in prayer, to show you our thanks, to give you our thanksgiving uh, for your mercy and your grace that is a free gift. Uh, we thank you for the ability to have faith, hope, and joy and love on this evil earth where so much is trying to take us down and so many things are trying to get our eyes off you, Lord. We thank you for being that light that continues to keep our focus on you and only you, Lord, in times of trouble and in times of greatness. Even when great things are happening, not only, Lord, are they here because of you, do we have them because of you, Lord, but we also show you how much we love you in those great times by praying to you and giving you those thanks, praying and, and, and making you a part of the very blessing that you gave to us, Lord. Lord, we also ask that you bless this show and the message and the people that are watching this show. Bless them in their lives, Lord. Heal them and bring them back to restoration if they're ill in any way or if they're suffering from disease. Help them financially and monetarily if they're going through times where they just are spending so much of their time and effort on anxiety and worry, Lord. We ask that you stop that worry today. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, and give uh, thanks for our pastor coming on today, the pastor of my church, making time in his busy schedule to come on and talk about the importance of our youth, talk about the importance of making sure that our youth have every resource and every, we uh, every uh, ability to be able to fend off the attacks, Lord, from all of the evil in this world. We also, Lord, ask that you help us get our children into a Bible-based environment, whether that be homeschooling or Christian schooling, Lord. And we ask that you help us spread that seed so that more facilities can open up as an alternative for our youth today. Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name, and thank you. Amen. Happy 38th anniversary, to W. Wilson, everybody, happy 38th anniversary, and happy birthday, who to who, Rosebud. It's Rosebud's birthday, so as we do, as custom here on LFA TV, everybody join with me for Rosebud. Here we go. A happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you, happy birthday, dear Rosebud. 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy anniversary to W. Wilson. And I want to give a big shout out to Dave Bray USA, a very, very, very close friend of mine, and to his boys and to his wife, Becky, Becky Bray USA. Big shout out to you guys as we played a song from Dave Bray this morning to open up the show, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. What encouraging and inspiring words to a song as we start our morning here on Rise Up. So we're going to do it a little different today because we have a guest. We're not just going to go from book to book to book. I'm going to read from a couple of the books that we read from. Then I'm going to show you a video And then I'm going to bring on our guest of the day, Pastor Dave Golden. So if you're just joining in for the first time, the first thing that we do here on Rise Up to start the day out right after our prayer is we get into one minute prayer for dads. Now, my mother gave me this book after I became a Christian, and it has been a lifesaver for me. And I hope that it also helps you as well. For any father out there, this is a great gift to give them. One minute prayer for dads. This is the little leather bound book. I'm sure it comes in many different uh, shapes and sizes and covers. But I want to read this to you today from 2 Peter 3.18, which says, Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, but now and to the day of eternity. Amen. And this is called Grow in Grace. And this is exactly what being a Christian is all about. You are never, ever, ever going to be the perfect Christian. You're never going to be the perfect man. You're never going to be the perfect woman. You're never going to be the perfect husband, wife, child, grandson, granddaughter, niece, nephew, nor child of God. But what you can do every day is strive to have more of your growth uh, in the grace and the fir- and the mercy that God gives you as a free gift through faith. Okay? You don't have to do anything to earn it. You don't have to you don't have to show I did this I did this amount of uh, good this month. So please give me more grace. It does not work like that, folks. This is not a uh, a bribery based faith or religion, okay? You cannot do anything to get God's favor or God's grace or mercy. It's free. All you got to do is accept it. It's that simple. It really is that simple. All right, let's go into this right now. Uh, It's our privilege as Christians, ladies and gentlemen, to know our God, our privilege, not our responsibility, not our duty, but our privilege to know God. We know him through the revelation of the Bible, through prayer And the teachings of the church. Every Christian then should be growing as a Christian. The same thing holds true for dads. Every dad, as he grows in the Lord, should grow as a dad. Don't make the same mistakes over and over again. That's the irony of fatherhood. By the time we're experts, the kids have flown the nest, right? Even so, God is with us as we grow, providing just what we need to grow as Christians and as dads, okay? Um, Thank you very much. We are very much aware that some people are not having volume 
from yesterday's shows. Very much aware of that. Definitely try to download the LFA TV app on your mobile device as well. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I, that, that, part of that, that part of that that said the irony of fatherhood is by the time we become experts, they've flown the nest. Well, one thing that we are not going to beat is time. And time is something that rich people and poor people both share. I've never seen the difference in the way they dig a six-foot grave. Now, I've seen a difference in the monument that they erect uh, in the, in the, in the uh, memory of that person on top of the ground, but below the ground, it's the same six-foot grave, same dimensions, and you're under the same earth, okay? So time is so precious. So what we need to do is, we, since we cannot add any more time to the day, and we don't need any more time to the day. God gave us plenty of time. What we need to do is called time, you call it time management. I call it time budgeting because that's how I see things in a budgetary way. So if you budget your time a little bit better and you understand and have God the focal point of your lives, and if you have God the focal point of your fatherhood, then ladies and gentlemen, you will be a so-called expert far before the time comes for them to flee and uh, fly the nest, Okay. God, thank you for calling me to be a father and then sending the exact children that I should parent and equipping me for this paternal assignment. When I don't know what to do as a dad, I know to turn to you and your word for good counsel. As a parent, my kids day by day, as a parent, excuse me, as I parent my kids day by day, I pray I will grow in the knowledge of you and that my kids will do likewise. Set our family on a course that is your perfect will for us. Not our perfect will, because we can't have it. Your perfect will for us. Bring us to maturity through the circumstances that we face. No matter what those circumstances, we will give you glory both now and forever. Both now and forever. Larry says, I won't be worm bait. So what are you going to do, bud? You're going to be compost or you're going to be ashes? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Either way, your soul will be in heaven. And that's all that really matters. Right, brother? That's, that's all that really matters is that your soul will be in heaven. So now we, uh, we usually go to the next book, which is one year in, in the Gospels. However, I added a new book. And that new book comes from Our Daily Bread, and this is called Heaven, 90 Devotions from Our Daily Bread. And I really, really enjoyed this book, and we just started it yesterday. So let's get to the second uh, part of this. Yesterday was a great uh, ready for glory. Today is Thoughts of Heaven, and we're going to read from Revelation 21, 1 through 5. Actually, we're going to read from Revelation 21, 3. But if you read from Revelation 21 through 5, you'll get everything you need to get from this little devotion. Here we go. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. Cartoonists often depict those who have gone to heaven as white-robed ghostly forms floating among the clouds or sitting on golden stairs playing harps. What a far cry from the picture that we find in the Bible. So if anybody wanted to know what heaven's going to be like, and you've not had the chance to read this for yourself in the Bible, let's break that down right now. In 1 Corinthians 15, we read that our resurrection bodies, although not subject to death, will be real and will be tangible. Not mere 
apparitions. Okay? Or apparitions, excuse me. And Revelation 21, 1 through 5 tells us that God will bring about a new heaven and a new earth. He will bring down the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, which you read about in Hebrews 12, 22, and set it upon the new earth as the new Jerusalem. It is described as having streets, walls, gates, and even rivers and trees. Sound familiar? Sound familiar, folks? Life in that city will be wonderful, free from all um, deliberating effects of sin. There will be no more death, sorrow, mourning, or, and pain, for, God's, for God will make everything new. But best of all, God himself will come to live among us, making possible a new level of intimacy with him. Outside of Jesus Christ walking with the disciples and walking with the people of that time, God walking among us, can you even fathom what that must be like? Can you even fathom the, the, the ultimate power that created everything walking among you, walking with you as tangible as you see me right here or as Eli is in the next room? It's difficult to envision such an existence. But what an exciting prospect. It is all possible because of what Jesus did when he died for us on the cross, when he spoke those, when he uttered those three words, it is finished. It is finished. This should motivate us to worship him, live godly lives, and tell others how they too can be assured of a glorious future. You know what scares me more than anything? Not having my friends and family in heaven with us. That scares me more than anything, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have a drink of our Rise Up coffee, huh? It scares me to know that my best friends will not be with me in heaven if they die today. It scares me to know that my sisters and brothers will not be with me in heaven experiencing what I just said if they died today. That scares me, folks. It scares me a lot. So now I want to get back to uh, what we were uh, originally speaking about, about how, you know, if we're, if we're to spread the gospel through all corners of the world, if that is truly what Jesus has instructed us to do, then ladies and gentlemen, all corners of the world not only means all corners of the world, it means in every facet, in our communities, in our daily lives, in our schools. And I'll tell you what right now, the fight and the battle for our youth, for the youth of our nation, is unlike any time in my history or your history. I can tell you that. In no time in modern day history has there ever been a war for the spirit, the body, and the mind of our children as there is today. And you guys have heard me talking about the importance of a Bible-based Christian uh, school or, or, or curriculum or a Bible-based uh, academia, maybe a home, maybe a home school. But there is alternatives out there. And I'll tell you what, if you just continue to let your children go stay in this public school system of, of filth and and you know, wokeness, whatever you want to call it. And I'm not saying every school is like that. I'm not saying completely abandon public schools. Public schools are great and we need them. But right now they need to be reformed. And I don't want to risk having them be reformed and take that time on the back of my child. So that's why we choose to put them in a Christian uh, school. Now, I want to play this video for you before, before we bring on our guests. Now, you guys have heard me talk about uh, Christi uh, Claremont Christian <coughs> Academy is over 40 years old, ladies and gentlemen. 40 years and plus 
This has been providing a, a great place for pe- for children to go and learn uh, their academics in a Bible-based environment. And, and so many people have, grow- have, have come out of this and been so successful in life, great families, still God-fearing people today, and their kids go there. Well, we're, we are at a time where we are, uh, they, they, have to be, uh, they have to leave the building that they've been in for so long. And we have to find a place for these kids. Otherwise, another Christian school might just fall by the way. So I want to play this video for you real quick, and then we'll bring on our guest, which I've been talking about for days. So let's go ahead and play this now, and then we'll be right back right after this. Please, please pay attention and definitely jot down the website at the end, which is Claremont, um, Christian Academy, or ClaremontChristianAcademy.com. Check this out. A lot of people have heard the name, but don't know what it's really about. What I like about CCA is that it's a Christian curriculum and it teaches you a lot about the Bible and the one true savior. They don't care if we talk about God. We can talk about God freely, which is what I like. Claremont Christian Academy started back in 1976, so this is actually our 46th year. Quite a tradition, and uh, considering the lives that have been touched over the years, it started in the original Calvary Baptist Church uh, as just one facility, but uh, six years ago they actually expanded and moved the high school and junior high to uh, Life Fellowship in Charlestown. And so now the elementary grades are in the existing Calvary Baptist Church, and then the upper grades are up here at Life Fellowship Church. We've experienced a steady growth uh, each year since 2004, particularly as demand for an alternative to public education uh, has grown. It was a relief to know that the teachers cared about my children and that they were safe and they were being taught the Bible. All the things that I wanted to cover as a parent and wasn't able to. This school really has a sense of community and it's not just individual students, but we really become like a small family. For a new family, I would tell them to expect CCA to challenge the way they think about their child's education and to see the emphasis placed on Christ-likeness and in understanding who God is, as well as the rigors of academics. God works through Claremont Christian Academy in my life because being in the Bible and Christian worldview classes here last year um, really provoked my thinking about my faith and um, God in general, and it led me to being saved last January. This year I am teaching uh, Christian worldview to uh, all four of our high school uh, grade levels, and I can uh, mix literature and Bible study and apologetics and film, current events, and I love being able to kind of bring it all together and ask the question, you know, how would a Christian view our world and how should we participate in it? My years there were um, very formative and encouraging, but also provided me with a foundation of biblical knowledge, of understanding who God is. The learning process, the teaching process, is something that honors God and reflects the image of God in each one of us, teacher and student. So as that's happening, and I think especially happening, you know, in Jesus' name at our school, it's exciting. We're in the position now where we need to, you know, find a new campus. 
And in order for us to do that, we need to partner with the church community. Uh, we need people involved in fundraising. It's an effort that we really can't do by ourselves. It's, it's something that we have to reach out to the body of Christ to make it happen. We knew that eventually uh, we would need to find a new space for the upper campus. Um, but it's not just the upper campus because the elementary school also is really cramped at Calvary Baptist Church. One of the classes uses, a, uh, uses the sanctuary for their classroom. Uh, the school has really grown over the years. Currently we have just an art closet. I have no art room, so I teach art outside until about November and we're on picnic tables in the playground, which works really well. When I was at CCA one year, we used a space that was designed to be a nursery. And that definitely is kind of a strange environment to be focusing on school and learning in. There's definitely value in having a space that's dedicated and set up to foster learning and focusing on the academics without the distractions or like feel of something used like completely differently. Part of being a whole student is to connect the spiritual and the physical and the academic. We would love as a school to be able to provide all three of those elements in, a, in an excellent way. We are really looking for an ideal facility for CCA. My first year for my family here. What struck me most was the hunger the kids had for any kind of extracurricular activity that we offered them when we had the school play especially, I was struck by how many kids joined the effort to pull off the play. It conveyed to me the real sense that we need a facility in order to cultivate that more and to be able to offer a more optimal education experience for these kids. Those are memories that they're gonna have for their whole life. But we do need our own home uh, to do these things and do them well and to make a mark where we can continue doing things over and over, year to year to year. The future of CCA, of course, involves an expansion and building program at the moment, and that's going to help us to meet that, achieve that goal. We have a, a limited size because of the facilities that we have, keeping our uh, total enrollment to 125 at the moment. But with an expanded building, the sky's the limit as to what can happen. We really have a real potential need in the Claremont area in Charlestown for reaching students for Christ. It's been a huge blessing to know that we have a great Christian school like that, local to us, that is uh, like run mine. by like-minded people, yeah. um, to have great teachers that love Christ, that are pushing the kids closer to God, it means a lot to us. And they care. They care about the kids, and you can see that in what they're doing. Essentially, the whole reason why I'm becoming a teacher is because they were excellent examples to us as students, and like you could see that their mission for being there was to like glorify God and invest in us. I hear some of the stuff that they do, you know, the Bible classes, um, Christian worldview, and I think to myself, can I go back? We have people that partner with us in a variety of ways through fundraisers that the school holds. The Jagathon is CCA's biggest event for fundraising. One of the things that we're looking for in a property is that ability to expand not only just in population, but expand in opportunities that 
uh, could just train children to do something more, to do something bigger than what is the normal school experience. So it really is a life experience, not just a school day experience. So really trying to make an eternal impact. And I would just hate to see CCA lose that ability to continue this legacy, first as a ministry, but as a school. Every dollar counts. For me, this is really about the future of the gospel in this area, where you're giving towards a future generation that will make an impact for Christ in this area. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen, Claremont Christian Academy. You can, if you can share that uh, with, your, with your churches, with your family, with your friends. Um, you know, there's, it takes a community. It takes a de definitely takes a community to run an effective Christian school because most of the people that work there, they're not getting paid even half of what a normal teacher gets paid in a public school. So it takes a community. It takes a, a group of people working ever, ever so hard to make sure that they accomplish this and to give our children a viable uh, option, especially a Bible-based place. And that is where my children go to school. I'm not going to tell you which kids they were in there, but they were in a lot of those videos. So I want to bring on right now uh, my pastor, a uh, friend of mine, Pastor Dave Golden, who's actually uh, doing so, so many things. Uh, I don't even understand. You guys think I'm busy. I can't even understand how he's doing what he's doing and trying to save the school. So uh, without further ado, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Pastor Dave Golden. Pastor, thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Jeremy. I'm so excited to have you here because uh, my audience knows you know, our walk with the Lord. They know my family's walk with the Lord. They know our struggle um, when we uh, took one of our children out of CCA and put her in public school. And it was a matter of five months and she was, she was lost. She was so lost. And, and now even today, she studies, she's, she's in her Bible studying nonstop all day, every day. She, she's back in love with it. She, the prodigal daughter has returned. And uh, I, I, I got to tell you, uh, this Bible-based uh, school that my children go to and the level of their uh, understanding in academics now compared to what it was in public school, I mean, they're all getting 3.3s, 3.8 uh, grade point averages. How important is what CCA is doing uh, and how important is it to have this viable option around the country to where people can afford to put their children there? Yeah, thanks for the question. Um... I think now, especially uh, given the trends of the culture, um, the option of a Christian school is becoming more attractive, and it's, in my opinion, more ne needed and necessary. Um, we have families at the school from different backgrounds, not just Christian or evangelical Christian. That's right. Um, we have families that are have a Catholic background or just have a, a, a more traditional ethical uh, approach to life when it comes to the the main things of life. So um, I think it's an important time to be able to offer a Christian option. So, yeah. And, and I think you made a good point there too. Um, there's two different types of Christian schools. We talked about this last night, right? There are the kind that like that, that we are at CCA, which is more of like, uh, I, I can't remember the term you use, like a mission style uh, school where yeah. we're open enrollment to anybody, you know, and then there's the ones that are you know, more closed. Can you talk about that, the difference between those two? Because I know that there's a lot of people that have that question. Sure. Um, in the uh, Christian education world, uh, there's two terms that are used to 
define the school's approach to enrollment. Uh, one is a covenantal approach. The other term used is missional approach. And basically, it just refers to the emphasis of admission that, that the school has. So a covenantal approach would emphasize Christian families uh, that are solid members of a church and their children being uh, accepted into the school. A uh, school that's missional uh, is open to students from all different kinds of backgrounds. Um, so that's that's the distinction. And as far as Claremont Christian Academy goes, we are an open enrollment school or a, a missional uh, type of school. So we do have a process for enrolling, um, but it's not altogether based on the spiritual background of the family. It's more based on the, you know the whole picture of the student and whether it would be a good fit. So, Pastor, and we want we want kids to come. Yeah, I mean, well, that's, that's my that's part, that, that's going to be my next question. Do you think? And and I understand why they have you know the ones where they've kind of closed it out to they, they don't want you know it's very easy for cancer to spread right. And if a cancer is, you know, brought into an environment where it's Bible based and that cancer just happens to be completely anti, well, then I can see why, where that would compromise the mission of the school. So I understand to an extent why they have those, uh, you know, the covetous ones, you know, so that, that I, under, I get that. But wouldn't it be what would Jesus do? I always I always ask myself that because if I don't know an answer to a question in the Bible, I just think, OK, well, I know Jesus. And if he was in this situation, what would he likely what would he do? And I would assume yeah. that he would have a, a, a facility or an environment where all are welcome. Right. So I, I don't you think that it's kind of um, it, it's kind of like a, it turns people off or it it's it sets them apart and says you can't be part of this club because you are not. But isn't the whole idea of spreading the gospel to everybody and opening it up to everybody? Yeah, I think I think the 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 goal of a Christian school is unique. And even though it's related to the church, it is distinct from the church. So, you know, the goal of the church is very clearly laid out in scripture uh, to make disciples of all nations until Christ return, returns for his glory. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a Christian school touches on that for sure. Um, our mission statement reflects that. Um, but when you, when you talk about education, there's the added layer of educating well for the glory of God as teachers and as a staff. So, you know, we want our kids to graduate with an excellence in understanding of mathematics, science, history, um, writing, those types of things. So the, you know, the school really has that, those, that dual mission. And, um, you know, we believe that in order for someone to be a Christian, it's not about them being born into a certain household. Uh, they need to be born again. And so whether a student's from a Christian home or whether a student's from a, a non-Christian home, that education that we offer is going to be the same as far as the academics, but then also uh, as far as uh, teaching the Bible and uh, inviting them to respond to what, you know, God has revealed in his word. So I think, you know, it's, we're not just a missional school or just a covenantal school. I think there's more of a third option that's more accurate to uh, what God what God has for a Christian school. So yeah, and I'd like to say that I, I believe, and I don't know this for sure, but I believe there's people at our school that are not practicing Christians. You know, they're not going to church on Sundays. They're not, you know, it's not the center of their household, but it's still a viable option because of the fact of how. 
uh, how you guys focus on academics. And I think that's what we need to bring our kids back to, Pastor, is obviously we need to bring them to God. I mean, that first and foremost, right? We got to have, we got to give our children the tools and a chance to even know that there is, um, you know, that there's a, a spiritual being that created them and that, and that gives them all the answers to all the problems in life and that is there for them to lean on. And most of these people, even if they're practicing, let's say they're practicing Christians by going to church every Sunday, okay? I mean, even we don't go to church every Sunday. You know that. But some, let's say there are people who do, but then they don't practice the rest of the week, right? They just go on Sunday and they bring their kids and they're like, you got to go to church on Sunday. But then they go to church for that, what, one hour, hour and a half, whatever it is. And then the rest of the week, they're subject to, you know, gender this, woke that, LGBTQ this, you know what I mean? Selfishness, uh, self-flatulation, um, all this stuff all week long. How do you expect your child to have the, to have the, the tools necessary to, uh, you know, have a successful life and lean on God if you're only bringing them to church once a week. I mean, I think a Bible-based academic environment, whether it's at home or a Christian school, is the best way to combat the attacks on our youth today. You agree with that? Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I often think about um, Daniel and his three friends uh, in the book of Daniel. And, you know, they, they stood for their faith when they were teens in a hostile environment. They were in Babylon. Uh, they became eunuchs. They, they had their names changed to reflect the gods of Babylon. You know, all this external pressure from the culture, from the government, uh, they were right in the midst of it. Um, and I asked myself, how did these teens get such solid faith? And I think, you know, the answer chronologically is their, their parents were part of the generation during Josiah's reforms when the word of God was reestablished in Israel and made prominent in those households. So equipping kids to think well uh, is a huge part of what we emphasize at CCA. Uh, the whole culture is in an ideas war. And unfortunately, those ideologies are being directly imposed on our kids. And you're right, they, they need to be equipped to right. discern uh, those ideologies and to sift them through a biblical worldview. So that's a huge part of what we do at CCA and what our goal is. Well, and the other, and here's the other thing too, guys. And I know there's a lot of questions about, you know, uh, and we'll get to those here in a second, but um, like our kids, they, they go to school at CCA, but CCA isn't, you know, big enough or have the funds or the resources to have, you know, sports teams for every sport and all these leagues and all that. So it forces them if they want to play certain sports to play for the public school system. Right. So what they're doing is now they're getting a taste of what the public school system is like today. Very different from when you and I grew up, by the way. Very different. You know, you've got, you've got everything is permitted in schools today, it seems like, in order to um, not hurt their feelings or make them feel, you know, segregated in any way. So, you know, I'm hearing stories about, you know, sexual intercourse happening in schools. Um, when it was, that wasn't happening when I was in school. Yeah, there might have been some PDA, kissing and stuff like that. But you're having sexual intercourse happening in our public schools right here in our town. You're having drug usage, vaping, swearing, all this. And my kids are subject to this now. So now as a parent, I have to go, okay, I'm giving them the resources. I'm giving them the tools. I'm giving them the Bible-based, you know, uh, academic uh, values that they need. But now I've got to talk to them about 
this at this age? How are they going to how are they going to fight off this pressure? And I asked my daughters, I said, do you and, and my sons, what do you what do you hear the other people talking about? Mostly it's, you know, they're listening to secular rap music on their on their, uh, you know, their their iPods or whatever, while they're all on the bus going to a game. And, you know, it's you're going to have to deal with that. That is what it is. But I asked him, is there any kind of like, do you feel any pressure for being a Christian? Do you feel any mm-hmm. pressure for going to a Christian school? Right. Because we know how mean kids are. And mm-hmm. they surprisingly, my kids have said, no, we've not we've not felt that pressure yet. But I asked my daughter, Olivia, I said, what would you do if somebody came up to you and said, what, you go to Christian school, you go to CCA, what, you believe in God and everything? I said, because that day will come, I promise you. And my daughter, Olivia, said, I said, so what are you going to say if somebody says, what, you believe in God and you go to Christian school? She goes, she thought about it for a minute, and she goes, I'd look right back at him and go, yeah, why, you don't? <laughs> so it's, I just wanted to emphasize that if you have your children in, in public or in Christian school in order to shield them from culture and society, that's not the, that's not the goal here. You're not going to do that. You're not going to shield them from it. Um, sure. Is that right, Pastor? You're, you're, you just yeah. want to equip them, right, to deal with that. Absolutely. I mean, it, obviously, every parent has to discern, you know, how much they expose their child to when it comes to morals and ethics and thinking through things. But, yeah, inevitably, um, if your child is going to follow Christ, it has to be in the world in which they live. So perpetually trying to protect them, I don't think is wise. Yeah. Uh, if anything, the book of Proverbs is written for youth to give them knowledge and discernment and train them in wisdom. And so, you know, about the time, you know, again, it's it depends on the parent, but your job is to train them to think through things well, to weigh the consequences of decisions mm-hmm. and to avoid following the path of the foolish and instead to follow God's wisdom. So uh, they can be free to make good decisions when they're adults. And I think that's the goal of every family, whether they're Christian or not. And, you know, parents, that responsibility, have that right uh, yeah. in, in their role. So, yeah, no, I agree. I think a, a lot of parents are afraid to put. So, so let's get to the two topics here that are preventing ch- p- parents from finally pulling their kids out of a public school as much as they want to and actually doing it. One, finances, right? Different yeah. states, different rules, different laws, different ways of getting funding. Uh, and two, um, I just think that they are afraid of change. They're, they're afraid that their child is going to push back, which they will, right? They're afraid their child is going to go, I don't want to go there, and they're going to push back, and they're going to have to deal with that. But I want to emphasize, uh, parents, you're not your child's best friend, and you're not supposed to be. You're supposed to be what, you know, the, the guiding light uh, for your child to, to put them in, a, in, a, in, a, in an environment that's going to, that's going to benefit them. Uh, now, as far as finances go, Pastor, we live in a great state here where we have the ability to tap into different resources, um, you know, businesses that, that donate all over the state to, to school choice like this, to go to a, a school like this. Um, what would you say to people in states that don't have the ability to get this kind of funding that might cost 30 grand, 20 grand, you know, for a year for their child to go to school. What would you say sure. to them? What, what kind of help would you offer them in advice? Well, New Hampshire's New Hampshire's done a great job. Um, we have the uh, education freedom uh, account that families can have that contribute a lot to the tuition at CCA. And that's basically tax money that was designated for education that parents can use at the school of their choice. And, in a government like ours, I think that's the way states should go. 
So if your state is not offering that, you have historical precedent to lobby for that and to write uh, your representatives in government so that you can, of course, pay pay your education taxes, but then have a measure of discernment as a family to choose how your child is educated. Amen. And uh, that's, you know, that that has uh, happened uh, in part in New Hampshire. And it's a it's a huge help to parents who want to send their kids to CCA. So if you're in a state that doesn't, then I would say, you know, you can work towards that. There is good precedent for that. Um, is there anything do you know of any I've gotten this question before, too, and I think I haven't seen it in this chat if you, uh, by the way, if you notice, I'm looking down, I'm reading the chat to see people's questions. Um, do you know of any national help uh, that their people can tap into if they're in a state where there's no state resources to help them? Mm, we're connected to ACSI, Association of Christian Schools International, and it's been a fantastic resource for our school. Uh, they may have... Um, some help there, links and essays. Um, I just found another, um, I, I don't remember the name of it. I can maybe get that to you later, but it's a, um, it's on a federal level and it's a group of scholars, uh, Christian scholars that weigh in on public issues. One of them is education. Um, and then you have your, you know, ACLU and organizations like that. So, yeah. ACS is a great resource. So I have a feeling, uh, Pastor, that more people would do this if they had help, if they had just somebody leading them. You know, a lot of times it's just as easy as leading the horse to water, you know, and they'll drink yep. it. And, I, and that's what we want to do here on Rise Up. That's what we want to do all over the country. We want to help people, educate people as much as possible on the, the pros and the cons of putting your child in a, in a Bible-based curriculum like this and in, in a school like this. And by the way, folks, just remember too that these educators that are here, most of them are volunteering, at least a lot of their time, and they care about the academics of your child. They, they care about your child being you know, proficient in the ways of life where public schools now, it's like no child left behind, push them through. We don't want to make anybody feel bad. If they don't learn something, let them go through. And there's just a higher level uh, of, of um, support there for your child. Uh, Pastor, before we let you go, let's talk quickly about our issue here at CCA. We've been there. We've been, you know, educating kids for almost 50 years. Uh, so much, such great alumni, so many great people, so many great families, uh, coming, come out of, uh, you know, being educated at CCA and then bring their kids back there. But now we're at a dilemma that we saw in that video and we have got to get a new building by yesterday or else right. we don't know what we're going to do for our children there. This might be a whole generation of children that don't have access to go, you know, to, to, to Christian Academy anymore, to, to Claremont Christian Academy. So what can we do? We obviously need, we need to raise money. And what is the best, where's, where's the best place for people to go to if they want to help or if they want to share this with their church and their congregation so that maybe they could help and, and just spread this around all of the, uh, the, the church families of, of the country to help us out? Where can they go? Uh, ClaremontChristianAcademy.com. It's right there on our uh, homepage. And uh, there's the video there. And there's a clear link that goes to the page where you can donate. And it's that simple. So it's that simple. And that's, yeah. isn't it always come down to money, ladies and gentlemen, this world, yeah. but you know we, what, this is, this is actually, if you're going to donate to anything and you're going to, and if you want to help, what better way than to help future generations learn the gospel so they can preach it. Right. Sure. I mean, yeah, we, we have, we, we've get, we've identified an ideal building and facility. We just need to raise the money. So, you know, God is, 
kind of taken us through this process a step at a time. And now we're at that crucial point where we just, we just need that money and uh, we can do more with that facility oh, and yeah. Yeah, for middle, it's middle school, high school. So, well, we can, we can, we can foster in an, an environment where we can bring more kids in and bringing more kids in and bringing more tuition, bringing more tuition means more things that the school can do. And, right. and, and so anyway, I just want to thank you so very much. Uh, we're going to do as much. Oh, hold on a minute. We don't want to upgrade that. We're going to do as much as we possibly can to help out uh, here in the uh, in the LFA family and on, on this channel. And, uh, of course, I'm going to do everything that I can to help as well because I think this is the most important issue that we can um, that we can get ahead of right now. So, Pastor Dave, thank you so very much for coming on. Right. And Thanks, every, everybody loved you. They had a lot of questions. I wrote some of them down, so I'll, uh, we'll talk and, uh, and we'll see where we are then, okay? Okay, God bless. All right, God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. All right, right, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. My pastor, Pastor Dave Golden. And again, I really wanted to bring him on just so he could, the, the things that this man goes through every single day to run the church, to be a pastor of a congregation, to be a pastor of a church that has like 50 and 60 kids coming to youth group every week on their own, loving it. Shows you how much they love this school. Shows you how much we've done at this school. And I just, again, ladies and gentlemen, it's ClaremontChristianAcademy.com. If anybody wants to help out, and if you can't help out and you just want to share that out, share that link out, we need this new school, and we need to raise the money that we need by June. Or else our kids will have to just all be homeschooled next year, and we don't want that to happen. So, again, ClaremontChristianAcademy.com. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to read to the verse of the day. Uh, I said it was going to be a little bit different today because of the forum that we had and bringing on a guest. So let's just get to the verse of the day. And I titled this the same thing we just talked about, all corners of the world. How are we going to usher in a, uh, uh, um, a path for Jesus to come back unless we have uh, spread the gospel to all corners of the world? We can't. He tells us when he's going to come back, the precise moment when everybody in the world has heard the gospel. And we cannot do that if we're not teaching our youth the gospel. Saving and reaching uh, people our age is great. Saving and reaching children at at a young age is even better because you're going to usher in a child of God for years and years to come. All corners of the world. Verses of the day come from Mark 16, 15 through 18. For everybody that's going to follow along and... and, um, Wants to know a little bit about this verse before 11 o'clock today. Mark 16, 15 through 18. Actually, I'm doing 14 through 18. My fault. Afterward, he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at the table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. The whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And we're not talking about the physical baptism in water, baptism in the spirit, ladies and gentlemen. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. We talked about that yesterday. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Anybody who took the vaccine, believer in Christ, should not hurt you. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Mark 16, 14 through 18, ladies and gentlemen. So that's going to do it for Rise Up. It has been an honor. 
to be here with each and every one of you today, like it is every day. I want to thank you for um, for allowing me to bring in my pastor. I want to thank you for being uh, for uh, allowing a change up in the format so that we can talk about the importance of Christian schooling and how much how very how how it's the best way to combat what our youth is going through today. Okay. So thank you again. I pray that all of you have a great rest of your morning. Loud majority is coming up in less than five minutes here on LFA TV. You guys have been doing great at rumbling the other shows and our short clips. Again, if you don't watch the other shows yet, please just go rumble them. We could use all the help we can get. I love you all. God bless you. Loud majority comes up next and then I'll see you at 11 a.m. Thank you very much. God bless. Peace. Rebirth!